Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. All right. Work is reportedly beginning to <laughs> um, put up a curtain, some kind of warning system for the Independence Avenue Bridge. Mm-hmm. Reportedly, yes, yes. I, I think that's Allegedly. the, the operative. <laughs> that's the operative term. Thank you, Squirrely Dan. So, I, I would I happen to be there. I always lose track when I'm in that that section of town because usually I'm going from one pawn shop to another to my little Cuban restaurant that we go to and and all of this. And that's what I did on Saturday. And then as I was approaching the Independence Avenue Bridge, I looked up and saw the 12 feet, zero inches sign. I went, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm here again and snapped a quick picture and all of that. Um, and and I will say there were a couple of things that were different this time when I went by. The first of all is the the 12.0 or the 12 feet, zero inches is now sparkly. I don't know if it was lights or or if okay. it was just uh, you know I don't know if they they you know put like little LED lights in it or if it was just like uh, you know the the little like sequins you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. but uh, either way I was like wow it's sparkly and that did draw a little bit of attention but not too much and you know aside from that I didn't see any other work going on at all. Uh, Channel Forty One says crews started working this week on installing warning curtains that'll hang on both sides and alert a driver in advance that they won't clear the bridge if they won't. I mean, it's, it's again, the analogy I use is when you hang a tennis ball in your garage yep. so that you know how far to pull in, it's the same idea. If you hit the curtain, you're gonna hit the bridge, kind of an idea. They announced this a year ago. We talked about it when it was announced and now they're actually going to start working on this. Um, yeah, it's a uh, $150,000 price tag is what this is going to cost. Um, okay, so if this doesn't do it, then... Yeah, what's then next? What? Yeah, well, and, and as has been pointed out so many times, the bridge doesn't seem to care. <laughs> so, yes. I, I mean, great. I understand why you would want to keep trucks from hitting the bridge because it's a pain in the butt and you have to shut the road down every time and you got to get them out of there. And so uh, it's fine. But the bridge is like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's all right. It's fine. Okay. So in the story, it says um, eight to 10 years ago, the Kansas City Terminal Railway uh, spent $100,000 on concrete repairs to the front of the bridge that gets hit often. Mm-hmm. They installed steel reinforcement. Last year, they did a trial run with sensors on the bridge itself to detect collisions. 
aren't you isn't aren't collisions going to be pretty obvious and then do what though okay so yeah. it detects collisions and what <laughs> you know starts firing missiles at the trucks before they get there uh, yeah it, it's it, if it doesn't do anything and there is a light now the, that was the mm-hmm. i don't know how long the light has been there but above the sign there is here i'll i'll upload you the picture that i took when i went down under the bridge the other day but um there's a light on top of it and maybe that's what it does if it senses an impending collision that little yellow light up on top will then start blinking at you or something else like that but even in that picture you can see there are little lights all the way around the perimeter of the sign okay i see the picture where's the where's the sign you're talking about that 12-foot sign? Yeah, yeah, right, on the 12-foot, zero inches sign. All the okay. way around that, if you really zoom in on it, you can tell there's little tiny lights that go all around the perimeter of the sign itself. And then up on top of that, there's a there's a yellow light that looks like a traffic light. I see the thing on top, yeah, and I can't zoom in far enough to see the little lights on the 12-foot thing. Now my computer is like 500%, <laughs> and I can always see one letter at a time. Um, so will this do it? A lot of you drive trucks for a living. A lot of you drive for a living. Is the curtain, because here's the thing, if the curtain doesn't work, we got to start figuring out a way to make drivers more responsible. Then it's no longer an accident. Yeah. Then it's not that you didn't see the sign. It's not that you, you knew then because of this curtain being there that you were going to hit the bridge. Yeah, it is already. I mean, if you ask me, just having the sign there, and I mean, I'm not speaking out of turn here because I know every time we talk about this, we get truck drivers going, if you hit that bridge, it's your own stupid fault. You have to know what you're driving and what you can get under and what you can't. So I'm not even going to go into that anymore. But yeah, there's already so much there. Not to mention just your eyes, just simple perspective. <laughs> right. Take a look. If you see what's coming right at your head is a bridge, you might want to stop. I mean, same thing as um, when I was gone, I drove an SUV. My car's really low to the ground. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't worry about clearance above. I worry about clearance below yeah. always when I drive it. But for the first time, I drove a Honda RAV4, Toyota RAV4. Yeah. Um, Toyota, yes. Toyota makes it. And and I'm not used to being in an SUV. I'm not used to being up that high. And so every time I parked in a parking garage, I looked, to, I knew I was going to clear it. I mean, it's just an SUV. But I went gingerly <laughs> and you look for the clearance sign. I'm like, don't let this be the trip where I crash a car yes. in a parking garage. But But you just pay attention. You see that you're getting close. And so before you go, you you check to make sure. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm with you. I mean, I'm kind of in that same boat, although I have it both ways because we do have an SUV that I drive a lot, but you've seen you've actually ridden in my little Saab. That yeah. thing if, if there's like a toothpaste cap in the road, I'm oh. going to drag it. <laughs> yeah. Know? There's like nothing underneath that car. Uh so yeah, I I know what that means on both sides, but that again, that goes back to just know what it is you're driving, know what the tolerances are. And and use your eyes and use your brain a little bit. So, I yeah, I I hope the curtain helps some. But it has been quite entertaining over the years to just watch how many people keep trying to knock that thing over and it just brushes them off. Do we know how far back they're putting the curtain? No, because uh, like I said, when I drove through it, I didn't see anything yeah. going on. So if if anybody knows, um, we can look it up during the break a little bit. But how far back? Because hopefully, what they're doing is they're putting it far enough back that it's there's an exit. Yeah. So that if you hit the curtain, then you can get off the, the highway there. Let's go to uh, go to the phones here real quick. Jim in Topeka's got something he wants to add in about all this mess. Hello, Jim. Hello there. 
people will just do stupid things. That's why they have erasers on the end of pencils. This just costs a lot more. <laughs> True enough. The one, the one time I got in trouble over a pitch, no, I didn't hit it, but somebody did. It was Corvallis, Oregon. They had put up, they had the old iron bridge that I called an angle iron bridge. That's exactly what it's made out of. And it was one of those under 13-foot clearances. And I used to have to regularly haul a piece of equipment through there that was stolen. And to do that, you had to block off uh, the other lane to go the wrong direction to get out of the town. Well, the one day that I was three minutes late, the law enforcement just rode me the right act. The next time I used it, the law enforcement said, you know what? Hey, Jim, I, I hate Thanks to do this I hate to do this to you, buddy. You're you're breaking up something awful. We're having a real hard time following you. Well, take care, my friend. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I, I don't know if he was just in a bad spot or in a you know a bad cell area, but yeah, I was catching about one word out of three on that. Same, yeah, and it's a bummer when that happens. Yeah, and always funny when we're talking about driving. Of course, <laughs> um, we can keep going here. Uh, Joe is next up in Grantville. Hello, Joe. Hey, how y'all doing today? Couldn't be better, Joe. What's shaking with you? So uh, I'm just driving, working, but I'm parked right now. <laughs> good deal. All good right. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it. And we can hear you fine, too. So that's good news. <laughs> so uh, the comment I had about the bridge and the warning system and everything like that was it's not always truck drivers like myself that are in a big truck at 13 feet, 6 inches every day. Um, there's also an issue with the rental box trucks like from Enterprise that have a 13-foot height, but anybody can go in and rent one as long as you have insurance and a driver's license, hop in and drive it. And I've driven them before, and it's it's pretty easy to forget that you're 13 feet tall and you come up to a bridge that's only 12 feet and you're not used to it, you're going to slam into it. There's, a, there's actually a bridge, I believe it's somewhere in Pennsylvania, that's pretty well known, has its own YouTube channel. They get a lot of box trucks running into it, and it's got the barriers. It's got the signs with the lights. Uh, I think even the last couple years, they put a siren on, so where they have a sensor that senses if you're over height, the alarm will start going off. It's kind of like a tornado siren. Yes, yeah, the the can opener bridge. Yeah, I'm familiar with yeah, that one, and it. I've I've seen that's the uh, I've, yeah, I've seen the, the Facebook page for that, and it is funny. Yeah, as many warnings as they put up, that thing still keeps getting hit. Uh, yeah. And with, uh, yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought about the box trucks, but if you're in one of those that has like the van front end, then yeah, yeah. you would forget that the the cab behind you sticks up about a foot and a half taller than the roof of what you're in. Yeah, and I honestly, I don't think, I don't think there's really going to be anything that ever stops it 100%. I think that's just going to be the Independence Bridge yeah. again, happen again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, Joe. Hey, Have a good day. thanks a lot, buddy. You do the thanks. same. I, we have so much technology in vehicles now. One of the rentals that I had over the trip, um, annoyingly, would tell me um, there are a lot of one-lane bridges where you have to stop and wait. Yeah. There are, every time I would be at one of those lights and the car in front of me would go, if I didn't immediately hit the gas, an alarm went off that said the leading vehicle is moving. Like, if you're not paying attention, oh, go, because the so, vehicle in front of you has started to move. So, like, if you're at a light and there's yeah. a car in front of you at the light and you're staring down at your phone... The the uh, it's going to tell you, hey, dummy, <laughs> the guy's going. You need to go now. Oh, that's fun. Right. So how can isn't it possible then that we could have a sensor in all 
trucks over whatever height that yeah. senses when you're 100 feet or whatever it is from something that you're not going to clear? Sure. Yeah, yeah, you could easily. Um, and, and yeah, but that's more expense on the manufacturer, and they're not going to take yeah. that on unless they absolutely are forced to. 913-586-7798. We can take another call here. Josh is in the Northland. Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. So I don't think the curtain's going to help at all, man. I mean, there's a reason we have do not consume warnings on Lysol containers. <laughs> um, in in the past, someone brought up, uh, I can't remember who it was, but there's another place where what they did was they just installed a steel beam in front of the bridge just to protect the integrity of the bridge. I think that's our best option, just keep the bridge safe. People are going to be people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you yeah. still, even if you do that, that you're still going to have to, you know, clear up the cars that hit the steel beam. But like you said, if it saves the bridge, go to it. Yeah. That's my opinion, guys. You have a good one. You too, Josh. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Uh, if you have further thoughts, feel free to give us a call. We have other driving stories. It's a day for a lot of these. We'll get to more of these coming up on KMBZ. 913-586-7798. We have so many stories today related to driving it's going to take us a bit um traffic stops and the dui story and we got a 13 year old bunch of them to get to here. yeah and it's it's funny because yeah they they all do have that uh you know that same sort of you know tie-in with bizarre things going on on the road the one the local one here in town was the 13 year old who was arrested by lenexa police and charged in a stolen car investigation they said the two officers who were investigating just heard a loud crash. I love this line and sprinted toward the scene, according to our <laughs> friends over at Channel 9. And they said that a speeding car had collided with a curb attempting to flee the scene. That's when they looked inside and found a 13 year old kid who has now been arrested. The department said the Johnson County District Attorney's Office has filed charges against them. So not, so many details in the story we don't have yet. Yeah, n not a good look, though. I mean, and we've talked about this before, about uh, this could be as simple as a joyriding thing, mm -hmm. or it could be something as nefarious as uh, the, the car theft rings that recruit kids to go and steal their cars for them because they know that if the kid gets busted, he's going to go to juvie. Yeah, we don't know where it was stolen from. We don't know whose it was. Not yet. We don't know how badly damaged the car was and any of that. Hopefully so. for the sake of the person who owns the car, it wasn't badly damaged. It just hit the curb right. and, and the cops were able to uh, to do what they had to do. But yeah, that was the local one. Uh, speaking of collisions then, Pinellas County is where we can go next. The guy driving the stolen truck. Uh, How many cars he hit? Oh, yes. And just kept hitting them over and over and over again. And the noise that they describe when uh, when this guy and, and they're not sure exactly what was going on. Um, but, yeah, he just was driving down. It was a major street, too, if I remember right, uh, in St. Petersburg. I think it was 4th Street and was just 2nd Avenue South. 2nd oh, Avenue South. OK, yeah. So in, in the downtown area. And uh, they said they, they got calls from the neighbors uh, about a guy driving a stolen truck and he just hit car after car after car, did major damage to a bunch of them, and then got out of the car and started going around the neighborhood banging on doors. They're not sure if he was trying to find a place to hide or what was going on there. But eventually he just took off. And by the time SPPD, St. Petersburg Police Department, got down there, 
He was gone. They brought uh, they brought dogs, like tracking dogs, mm-hmm. to try to find him. Nope. Yeah, nowhere to be found. And still, now they're they're just looking at surveillance video, trying to see if they can identify this guy. Uh, one of the cops said, "Yeah, after uh, getting out of the vehicle, he banged on some doors. We had officers surrounding the area. We had a canine out trying to track, but we weren't able to locate the subject." That's according to Yolanda Fernandez, who's she's the the PIO, the Public Information Officer for St. Pete. Um, <laughs> Got to be a little better at police work than that. But yeah, yeah, he's just going down, crashing the, as as these cars are parked on the street, just going down and hitting them all in series. There's video of the entire mm-hmm. event. I want to get into the DUI story. Any others? No, no, no. Yeah, let's let's jump to the DUI okay. because okay. yeah, this is a story out of Colorado, where a guy by the name of Harris Elias, who is a general contractor and a pilot, and that'll come back into the story here in a minute, was arrested for DUI, suspicion of DUI. And it, when he when they got him to the police station, he initially did want did not want to take a field sobriety test, and you can refuse that, but that means that you're going to jail. So they took him to jail, and when he finally, I guess they got a, a warrant, and so he had to do a uh, a breathalyzer test. He blew a zero point zero, nothing. Okay. So wow. then they did a blood test, and that came up nothing. No alcohol at all. They said initially the suspicion was they pulled him over and smelled an overwhelming odor of alcohol coming from his vehicle. They searched the car. They found nothing. They searched his breath and his blood and found nothing. The allegation is that there's a competition going on inside the police department that's been promoted by Mothers Against Drunk Drivers which is an organization I don't like very much, uh, I will fully disclose that, that Matt is is involved with the, with the police department and trying to get them to compete with each other for the greatest number of DUI ad, uh, arrests in a short period of time. And that by doing that, they're encouraging them to do this, to take people who weren't drinking and bust them for DUI anyway. And this guy is now being investigated by the FAA because the DUI arrest, forgetting the fact that he was not drunk, the DUI arrest itself was enough to to tip off the FAA to go investigate his pilot's license. Yeah, he's a pilot, and it's a big deal. If yep. you're, you get a DUI, can't fly. Same thing with truck drivers. I mean, we hear yeah. from guys who are, are CDLs, and they say the same thing, that a DUI, you're done. We need to get to a break. There's a settlement to talk about with this story as well. Uh, we'll get further into that coming up next on KMBZ. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there.
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Okay, there is a lot more to this story. Yeah, there is. That we're talking about out of Colorado. It starts with, well, then we'll fill in some backstory, but we started with the story of a general contractor and pilot uh, who was pulled over and police suspected that he had been drinking. They claimed strong odor of alcohol from his vehicle. They do multiple tests. They do a breath test. They do a blood test. Everything comes back negative. They are convinced, or are they, that he has been drinking. Yes. He's a pilot. The FAA investigates even because they're worried about his pilot's license. Then we learn there's a lot more to it. And it's, as we said, with Mothers Against Drunk Driving and their part in this, apparently promoting this competition between officers to arrest as many people as they can for DUI within a, a limited time period. Then we find out that this guy was arrested again in Loveland, Colorado, on suspicion of DUI. Again, no evidence whatsoever that he was drinking at all. But he had his kid in the car with him at the time. His kid is under the age of 18. And because of his previous arrest, even though he wasn't drinking, the, the judge ordered him not to, ha- not to have anybody else in the car with him. So when he got busted the second time, not drunk, but busted for DUI, uh, they are now, they, they were going to charge him with aggravated child abuse. Because he had the kid with him in the car. So uh, he sued, obviously, because now you have a pattern of a guy twice in the same area, not just being pulled over for alleged drunk driving, but tested and have those tests coming back negative twice in the same area in a very short time span. So he sued, of course, and won a lot. Yeah, a settlement of $400,000. And that's only in the Fort Collins case. So what happens in the Loveland case still remains to be seen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you enforce don't drive with kids in the car or that'll be aggravated child abuse when you didn't do anything wrong in the first place? And hopefully this competition or whatever it is ends now. Yeah. Now that he's $400,000 richer. And yeah, please don't do this. I mean, the idea of having any kind of a contest for police officers to compete against each other to rack up arrests, what's that going to do if not just encourage people to falsely arrest somebody? Speaking of traffic stops, then Mm -hmm. um, we go to the story out of USA Today. 
Uh, Elise Brown, 83 years old, little over five feet tall, 117 pounds when she had trouble with police a few years ago. She was, for whatever reason, they thought mistakenly that she was driving a stolen car. She was not. She was driving her own car. But for whatever reason, they thought her car was stolen or the car that she was driving was stolen. So according to USA Today, they pulled her over. And then according to their protocol, they drew their guns on her. Did we mention, by the way, that she's 83? Not only is she yeah, five foot tall and 117 pounds, she's 83. So they drew their handguns on her, handcuffed her and forced her to her knees This is where her age comes into it because you get to 83, your joints don't bend as well as they used to. And they forced this 83-year-old woman down to her knees in cuffs on the pavement. So needless to say, uh, she wasn't terribly happy about all of this. And the Supreme Court Monday, just yesterday, said that a lower court ruling will stand keeping her lawsuit alive. She's suing the cops. And this is where this story gets really, really interesting. You've heard a lot uh, on this show, and I know Dana and Parks have talked a lot about this as well, with a couple of local cases and what's called qualified immunity. Qualified immunity means that under most circumstances, if a police officer or a police department does you wrong, you can sue the department, but you can't sue the cop. You can't sue him individually, him or her. So... And that covers almost everything. The only time, at least uh, where this all happened, the only time that qualified immunity goes out the window is if there is a ruling of excessive force. And that's what she's alleging, is that the cops used excessive force, so they get a waiver of their qualified immunity, and she can go after them individually for what they did to her. That was what the Supreme Court said on Monday Yes, you do have a case to make there. You can go after them. Now, will she win the lawsuit? That remains to be seen. But she can go after them individually and not have to sue the department over what they did to her. If anybody has questions about what John just said, that was a lot to follow. Um, What does she say? Like, I know she's 83. I know she's little. I know she didn't actually do it. What what is she saying was the excessive, her age, that's what makes this? Her age is part of it. Excessive force? Right, and the fact that she's 83 years old and that they forced her down to her knees. uh, Brown says, uh, or the police officers rather, say that she was required to kneel for no more than 20 seconds and was in handcuffs for about three minutes before they got things straightened out. But I don't know that that makes a difference. I mean, excessive force is excessive force. It doesn't matter that it only happened for a short period of time. Uh, This might be me playing devil's advocate a little bit, but let me go to the side of police for a second. Um, I'm going to do a lot of what ifs. What if she doesn't look 83? And they said she didn't. They said that that she looked much younger than that, which is eh, okay. What if she was 83 years old, but five foot 10? What if she, um, I just, if I'm those officers, where do I draw that line? You know, what if they say she didn't look, she looked 70. Well, what's the age line that you draw? People look different. I mean, it's, you get to certain, not everybody looks the same age at a certain point. And sometimes 83-year-old women commit crimes. I mean, just because she didn't, you know, just because they thought she was driving a stolen car that was not the case. 
I see what you're saying. And, and that's why, like I said, the lawsuit has not yet seen a jury. So that's it's not it's not a given. It's not a slam dunk that she's going to win this suit. And in fact, I think it's going to be really tough because of exactly what you just said. Now, her lawyers, on the other hand, um, said that Ms. Brown was terrified, humiliated, and emotionally traumatized. The conduct was not reasonable. It was extraordinarily dangerous and flatly inconsistent with the Fourth Amendment's prohibition on excessive force. Now, what's a defense attorney, or what's what's her attorney going to say but that? Um, But yeah, that's going to be up to the jury to decide whether what they did to her, given her stature and her age and everything else, was unreasonable. Gosh, we'll get to calls in a second, but this will be fascinating because what do the protocols say about about the excessive force part? Because the police department says they were following protocols, Mm -hmm. which probably say if it's, you know, a stolen vehicle stop, that person's considered armed and dangerous because you're driving a vehicle. That's a deadly call that a deadly weapon. And so here is what you do. And if that protocol doesn't include an exception for age or look or anything, and she goes after these two officers, I could see the officers going after the department saying, we just did what you told us to do. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly what, and boy, don't you want to be a police officer suing your own department? (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I, I, and then I have the same problem with leaning on the book like that. Well, we went by the book as I do with zero tolerance policies. It takes away the capability for anybody to exercise reasonable behavior and reasonable right. judgment. And taking an 83-year-old, 5-foot-tall, 117-pound woman and forcing her down to her knees in handcuffs is unreasonable. On the other hand, part of the reason zero tol- tolerance policies work is because they're clear. There's no... S- you know, and so do you want the protocol here to say, well, if she looks 80, <laughs> yeah. then it's excessive force and don't do it. Yeah. Well, then what you're going to have officers doing is if if you have somebody that looks even close to 80, you're not going to do this. And what if they are actually dangerous then? And and you can play that same kind of devil's advocate on the other side and say, what have what if they had forced this woman to her knees and broken her hip? Yeah. Because she's 83. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and you can't oh. you can't give that kind of power to somebody and say, okay, you can you can use force on somebody when force may not be required, even though the book says this is what you do. That you've got to take that into account and say, am I going to hurt this person? Uh, am I going to do serious damage to this person because she's not a twenty five year old man who I can force down to his knees and he'd be fine. Frankly, why is that part necessary? Yeah. The putting the person on their knees in the first place. Yeah, put them in the back of the car. Yeah. She's in cuffs. She's already cuffed. Yeah. Put her in the back of the police car. Check out everything. And when you find out that she's not the car thief you thought she was, the 83-year-old car thief you thought she was, you let her go. So interesting. Uh, we can go to the phones here. A.A. Ron's called us out of KC. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you guys. So with what I'm about to say, I don't hate cops in any way, shape, or form, but So there's officer deference. They have the choice to do things or not do things. They can let you go for just about anything as long as it's not a felony. And they don't uh, a lot of the times. Good cops protect bad cops, which is never good. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the fact that, um, oh, you were talking about it just a minute ago, uh, qualified immunity. That is not a law. That is not a law. It has never been passed anywhere that it's law it's just precedence 
that has come down from up high and said, oh, well, you know, ignorance of the law is okay for them, but not for you. So that's, that's interesting. I don't know much about the history of qualified immunity. I just know it exists. So that's fascinating to learn that it that it's not codified anywhere. No, it is. I mean, the only thing is, is, you know, hey, we've got to let cops get away with things or we won't have any cops. Hmm. So and that's why they should all have to carry some type of and it's probably the wrong term malpractice insurance. It's exactly right. Yeah. And I, and again, I am not I do, don't hate cops. It's a job I, I don't want to do. Doesn't pay well enough for me to do. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and um, it, there are really good cops out there. I've, I'm friends with a bunch of good cops. But it, the problem is, is that they turn a blind eye to the bad ones. Yeah. So have a good day. Yep. You do the same, eh, Ron. And, and I'll underscore that and say, you know, with very few exceptions, uh, most of the interactions, few as they have been that I've ever had with police, most of the time it's speeding or car accidents or whatever. Mm-hmm. And most of them have been fantastic. I mean, helpful. And even if they wrote me a ticket, I was like, well, yeah, I was speeding. So, all right, fine. Yeah. Uh, or, yes, I did cause the accident because I was not paying attention. And, okay, fine. But we're not jerks and, we, you know, we're not power mad, you know, the the uh, the, the cartoonish Derek Chauvin's of the world. You know, that hasn't been my experience. And I'm very thankful for that. But I think that, unfortunately, like everybody else, the bad apples are the ones that taint our opinions of the entire profession sometimes. And unfair as that is, it's a human reaction to it. OK, so this stands with. The lawsuit's been allowed to go forward. The lawsuit will proceed from here. Okay. Again, I think it's going to be an uphill climb for her. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it. I I wonder if this is not going to challenge qualified immunity writ large. Yeah, you just wonder if she wins, the precedent this will set, yep. and how other departments will have to evaluate their policies about excessive force. Then, uh, interesting. We'll see what happens uh, with the result of the lawsuit. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll wrap the show next on KMBZ. All right, we uh, go to the Daily Mail for this next story about how a prisoner in Thailand was able to escape. Here's your adult content warning. (laughs) Oh, yeah, timing is everything. A thief, a convict whose name is not even, yeah, uh, Thanafat Mayad is about as close as I can come. Mm -hmm. Age 37, was admitted to the hospital in Chonburi province on December 6th. When he had a little problem in his nether regions, uh, some painful swelling due to a surgery he had had before he entered prison, that uh, it was a an enlargement surgery, don't you know? Uh, and the injections became infected. Despite the severe swelling, he managed to, to hatch a daring escape plan, which he enacted in the early hours of December 9th. He escaped from the hospital. So... He has the surgery, he gets busted, he goes to jail, has the swelling problem, they take him back to the hospital, and from there, he escaped. I'm confused about the sequence of events here for a second. Okay. Um. So he, I'm looking at the days. Okay, so he was admitted to the hospital on December 6th mm-hmm. because of the swelling. He escaped December 9th. When was he? When did he have the surgery? And when was he in um, prison? When did he escape? He escaped from the hospital? He escaped from the hospital, Like yes. it was a prison hospital? Okay, uh, so that's where, so he's arrested. I don't think it was. I think they took him to a regular hospital. Because, um, well, it, it, it may be, it's not clear about that. But uh, 
yeah, he didn't escape for very long. We'll get to that piece of it. But what he did is that he had his wife show up at the hospital with a pair of steel cutters. And he used the tools to break the restraints, chaining him to the hospital bed. Yeah, so if they had him chained to a bed, then that was just a regular hospital. That's not a prison hospital. So, uh, yeah, he was hiding behind the curtain dividers. And with a catheter still attached, Uh he left the room on the seventh floor and was caught on surveillance uh, camera hobbling through the hospital corridors undetected. Uh, Yeah, he's walking rather gingerly. So, yeah, he just walked out the door. Uh, 28 hours later, he was found by police hiding under a black bag while huddled on the rooftop of the hospital's psychiatric ward, <laughs> less than 70 feet away from the surgical ward. <sighs> Why do you have your wife break you out? You had 28 hours. The furthest you got is the roof. I mean, maybe that's all he could accomplish before he eventually collapsed. Uh, he was taken to the ER as he was in poor condition, boy, you don't say, with agonizing pain coming from his manhood where silicone filler had been injected. The runaway patient told authorities that he was uh, driven to commit the jailbreak because, quote, he missed his family. Maybe he wanted to use his new toy. I have so many questions that I can't ask. (laughs) Um, Silicone seems like a bad idea. I can ask this question, but this, 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 this won't get me in trouble. Um, is that generally a surgery that doctors in the U this sounds like something like you run away to another country to do. Yeah. Doesn't it <laughs> like uh, Thailand? Probably. Uh, now I know. And the only reason I know this is because of John Bobbitt. Uh, remember him? Okay. The, the yep. guy who had it cut off by his wife. Yep. That uh, he had an enlargement surgery after the reattachment surgery. So, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, he had that done here in the States. So it may be that you can find some doctors here to do it, but I, I don't think it's common. It's uh, what what's much more common than that. And I know this because a good friend of mine had to do this because of diabetes is uh, surgery that's designed to either increase blood flow or to, uh, how do I put this without getting fired? Uh, to mechanically allow for you, for you to have an erection. Uh, if, okay. if, if blood flow can't do it anymore, if the blood vessels okay. are too damaged, there is a mechanism that you can have implanted that's a pump, effectively, that, that will do the same thing. My understanding... You said silicone implant yep. here. So it's always, it's like getting breast implants. <laughs> it's just always going to, it's, it's right. Uh, We're yes. not talking about something that increases and decreases in size based on the moment. He's always going to look happy to see you. Okay. Yeah, it, it seems like that would be the case, which also seems like it would have its own discomfort involved. Oh, and weirdness. Uh-huh. Like that's. You're always going to attract attention then, aren't you? <laughs> but depending on how large it was to begin with, I guess probably, but who wants that? I'll I'll stop talking now. I'll, <laughs> I'll move on. It's probably where I, it's probably where I hit the line. Not I, said the wolf. <laughs> Colin's like two minutes left, man. Yep. yep. <laughs> just get through the next two minutes and 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 just be quiet. <laughs> Somebody okay. on the text line was wondering, isn't swelling kind of the point? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, but there are limits. Uh you yeah, you want to make sure that the swelling is coming from the silicone and not from any complications. Okay, I'm gonna leave it there. Um with two minutes to go. Okay, let's talk about the diamond ring for a second. Uh the eight hundred thousand dollar ring. Yes. 
Oh, what a great story. Yeah. Uh, some, somebody checked into a Paris hotel and while they were there, had a bunch of jewelry and stuff that they left in their room, which, by the way, first of all, traveling with an $800,000 ring, I would question the the smarts behind that to begin with. But then leaving it in your hotel room? What are you thinking? And surprise, it disappeared. She left it on the nightstand. Mm-hmm. When she returned from a morning out, <laughs> a morning out, the ring was gone. <gasps> they found it. In the vacuum cleaner bag. Uh-huh. So it must have, they went in to clean the room, and it it must have fallen. Nope. Fallen on the floor. No? Nope. Not nope. what happened? That's not what I'm thinking. Uh, no. Because vacuum cleaners have a, uh, there's, there's like a spinning fan in there, a metal fan. Uh-huh. And there's no way that that ring gets, gets through that without severe damage. And apparently it didn't find any. What I'm thinking happened here is you had somebody walk into that room to clean the room, saw that ring sitting there and went, okay, how do I get this out of here without having it on my person in case I get searched? And they hid it in the vacuum cleaner bag. I am amazed that they figured it out. I want to know how long it took police to think to look in the vacuum cleaner bag. Mm -hmm. And hey, lady, (laughs) keep the ring on. Yeah. Or keep it at home. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Unbelievable. More money than smarts. Definitely. All right. We've ended it on a cleaner note. You're welcome. Uh, We'll turn this over to Dana Parks and be back Wednesday on KMBZ. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.